Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Kenyan Gunners podcast with me, Omar Bashir and Ahmed Banafa. Ahmed, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Omar. Uh, hello, and I think it's been a while since our last recording. Yes, it has. Uh, uh, technical issues, uh, personal problems, but alhamdulillah, we're here, we're back. And overall, just busy. Yes, yeah. very, very busy. Uh, but we're back uh, to talk about Arsenal, uh, as we do every week. And uh, today we do it on the backdrop of another home defeat to, of all people, Burnley. Um, yeah, that, that makes that four home losses in a row. Yes, crazy statistics. Um, uh-huh. What was this? This is the it's first the time... Since the 1950s. 1957. That we've right. lost four in a row. We have never wow. lost five in a row in our history. So, mm-hmm. who? Uh, that says for the game tomorrow. Yeah, that says something. Uh, we've also, <laughs> the last time we lost against Burnley at home, I think was, I don't know. Was it before the Premier League? Yeah, in the 80s. Mm. No, it was... In the 70s, 1970, I don't know, 70 something, early 70s, Wolves was 1983. Um, And you can take from that what you will. So it's really been quite abysmal uh, in terms of our performances. But uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that we can get uh, our teeth into. And I think uh, we would um, just start with uh, the team lineups uh if we shall okay yes, and what yes. did you uh think of what it what did i make of the team okay um overall um some of the choices i could understand because the uh, injury pre- premeditating them um for example um i'm sure maybe nelson would have started uh, over the underperforming William, I'm hoping that would have been the case. But uh, as do you know, think so, though? A, yeah, because um, I think they, there's been a lot of talk, even rumors, perhaps uh, maybe maybe lottier rumors, but uh, that William might be on his way out uh, at the end of the season or even in, in the January window, <laughs> like that's because he's really under underperformed and underwhelmed overall. So. Uh, maybe I would have, and had Pepe been fit, I mean, not fit, but uh, had he been available for picking, I'm sure Pepe would have started. So mm. I could understand sort of why William started. Um, Shaka El Neni lineup, uh, I was a bit skeptical because it, it seemed a bit passive. You know, we, we all know the capabilities of uh, these two. I expected with party out, injured, that Ceballos would, would start, you know, because mm. we need any bit of creativity that any player can afford us. Um, and the back line, I think, was okay, in my opinion. Uh, uh, front line, uh, uh, aside from William starting, I had no issues. Uh, Lacazette, Obama, and Saka, I, I liked that. 
So yeah, my only qualms were with the Shaka Nani William that, that pairing. I, I I had hoped to see Sebias to provide that bit of spark that we might have needed. Mm, I I also thought of that as well. I think the, mm-hmm. the the sticking point for me was that midfield. It didn't seem to be um, aggressive in terms of our um, what's this? Our ambition in the game. Uh, I mean, you're playing at home to Burnley. Yes, you've been in a poor run of form, but Shaka and Nenny is not really the watch you need to win the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all know Burnley's qualities. I mean, yeah. they were a team that were prepared to defend. So, uh, yeah, I would have liked to see someone, you know, a bit with a bit more creativity. Like I said, Sabayos being our uh, main option there with experience. Um, he would have made something happen, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, uh, the way we started, I mean, with that lineup, it was the lineup itself just uh, was too passive for my liking. I mean, yeah, but I think also one uh, starting point that I saw from it is that it was sort of what I didn't want to see, but it's sort of what I expected from Arteta in a way that. Yeah, Arteta would go with this sort of formation in this game. I think of late, there's been a little bit less of creative thinking in terms of how he sets up his teams, uh, which uh, leads on to more or less about the predictability of how we play and how we perform. I think it was very... I mean, of course, some issues he could not really do much about, uh, for example... Uh, William uh, playing, he didn't have Nelson, he didn't have Pepe, so that one, fine. But in midfield, I was like, oh, come on, you can put Sabarius in. But at the same time, you were like, yeah, Ateta would really go with this lineup. <laughs> and I think that was sort of disappointing. I think I expected a bit more from Ateta yeah. uh, to be yeah. a bit brave in terms of his selection. I mean, you're home, mm. uh, the pressure's on you, yes, but you've got your fans behind you. You know, I mean, Sabayos, yes, he's creative, but it's not like he can't defend. I mean, we've seen time yeah, and again, he's he's got a very... quite tenacious, actually. Exactly. So, I mean, having him in the team wouldn't have had... And I'm sure... Okay, I'm not sure, but I am. what I'm sure of is that if he with he, him in the team, when we were 11 men v 11, I think we would have definitely mm-hmm. had a better chance of getting more chances in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and I think that, that. You know, in, in, inadvertently affected us in the first half, not much happened. I felt mm. uh, we had like one or two good scenarios uh, in and mm. around. There was a chance to Lacazette. Uh, maybe at Lacazette on high confidence scores that. But again, yeah. I think it's probably good save from, from Pope uh, because he hit it well enough, I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's the big chance for Burnley, the header. Uh, I was poor defending from both Gabriel and Holding. Mm, and by was, Chris Wood, was it? Yeah, yeah, by Chris Wood. And I felt mm. the first half was very passive. And one thing that I thought was that Burnley are quite poor yeah. um, for them to come here and play, to see the way other teams have come here and really tried mm. to play. I think what they did in the first half really didn't... Um, I mean, it just, it was quite a poor, in my opinion, okay, not a poor performance from Burnley, but the level of the quality of the players that they have, they really didn't offer much 
of a, of an attacking threat, if 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 at all. Yeah. Um, you you touched a bit on the formation before I get into the game, and um, we've been seeing. You you said that uh, he's not as creative with his formations right now. I think uh, we've been seeing that he's been now persisting with the four two three one. I think uh, as of three or four games ago, I'm not sure exactly which game he started uh, this, but uh, he's been persisting with it. And uh, I think it's it's in a move to solve the dire attacking output that we we've been seeing. I mean, mm. we were we were solid with the three five uh, with the three four three three whatever three five one formation that we were playing. But now I'm seeing that uh, there, there's a clear change in trying to get more midfield players or more players in that midfield area. To, to move the ball higher, uh, for better or for worse, it, it's not been working for some reason. Um, okay, we know what reason. I mean, the players are not up to scratch. But yeah, I mean, he's, I think Arteta has been trying to, to get the most out of uh, these players that, that he has, and that he's putting out on the pitch. He ex- I think he expects more knowing that he knows their quality and what they can offer is just that it's just not happening right now for him and for the players for whatever reason. Okay, um, fair enough. Um, mm. he's, he's, he's sacrificed one defender for one midfielder, mm. but then he puts in Shaka Elneni. So, I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And these are not players who uh, progress the ball in terms of inwards in midfield, most of their balls, yeah. if so, are wide. So yeah. the whole purpose of getting a midfielder is for you to get a more creative, another creative force in there who can give the ball to the player mm. who is playing the number 10. In this case, it was Shaka, but mm. it just wasn't, I mean, it was uh, Lacazette, but it just wasn't happening. Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, he's recognized that we have a problem in, in moving the ball, in transitioning the ball up the field. So I think that's why he's gone for this formation because it, this formation offers a bit more fluidity. But then at the same time, he does, I mean, he picks the wrong players for the job and expects them, I mean, he, he expects them to provide that bit of quality maybe he sees in training, you know. Yeah. And yeah, so he he personally, I believe, expects more from these players. And I think even as fans, we expect more from this group of players because we know of their quality. We know what they can do. I mean, these are these are players. I mean, Shaka is 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 a good player uh, on his own, like in his own right. To be fair to him, he is a good player. And then he is a decent player. I mean, he's not going to. Uh, he's not going to be world class, but he is a decent player. And I feel against Burnley, even with this midfield uh, and uh, this formation, I think it should have gotten the job done had uh, we stayed 11 v 11. I think so as well. I think so as well. I think we, we, I think second half, we upped the tempo. It looked like, I think, if we'd have gone on probably another five ten minutes, we should we could have scored a goal. I think we were, we were going mm. to score the goal. The red card was pretty much uh, very very bad timing. Uh, and very stupid as well. 
Yeah, we're talking about we just might might as well get into it. I think we um, were on a really good upturn of form. I mean, we were creating in every minute. We were recycling the ball very well. Mm. It's the first time I, I was seeing in the Premier League that we were progressing the ball with intent. Like it was fast passing play, one I touch, think, two touch. It's going. I think as well. It wasn't like. Um, I don't think anybody expected uh, Arsenal to come here and blow Burnley away with a 5-0 perfor- uh, and a fantastic performance. Mm. It goes from everywhere. I think a win would have sufficed. If we'd have just gotten yeah. a 1-0 and just gone through with a clean sheet and a goal, mm. I think that would have been a base and a platform for us to build on because we've got a good run of games coming on. And yeah. I think now it just makes things much more difficult. And the turning point was, again... That red card. That red card, yeah. And it was early on in the second half when we were just starting to get a bit of momentum. You know, I don't know what it is with these players. I think, first of all, with Shaka, the the foul itself, the foul itself was a silly one. He, Uh um, who was I listening to? I don't know if it was the co-commentator. It's one of the first times I've agreed with the co-commentator. At the game, he was saying, Shaka keeps on putting himself in positions mm-hmm. where he can't take the ball. All right, so he ends up having to foul you because he doesn't want to run back 40 50 yards because yeah. he can't. So mm-hmm. he either gets the ball or he tackles you, and it's that's mm. based, that's poor, poor defending, it's lazy defending. Mm. And it's poor positioning. And a midfielder, one of the most, especially in a position that he plays in, your positioning mm. is everything. Especially yes. for a player who is extremely slow across the, across the field. He's a very slow player. So he, you'd expect at his age by now, his mm. positioning should have been much better. But it's not better than it was four years ago when he came. Mm. And I think when we... When we switched to the back three and then we had Shaka sit yeah. in, it's when we saw him at his best because there were players around him. Yeah. Okay. But now we've gone back to the he's back four and he's being exposed again. So what does this tell you? In my opinion, it tells me Shaka isn't the future. He isn't. Simple as that. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a bad player. I actually think he's a very good player. But where we want to be and where we want to go, he's not the yeah. sort of player that we need to go. Uh, it needs to be to who we pick in week in and week out in the team. Yeah, and because he will do this again. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's not like okay, it's mm-hmm. gonna be yes. He's gotten um, only three red cards. Well, that's not so mm-hmm. bad, but he keeps on getting these yellow cards and yellow cards all the time. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a constant in his game, and you'd like to see him improve. And I was speaking to my brother yesterday. He told me, if you sign a player and like three years into his, three, two, three years into that deal, and you're still thinking whether he's a good signing or a bad signing, that in itself should tell you what it is about the player. It's not good enough. If you're trying to still prove yourself two, three years into your, your time at a club, Career. That's, that's not good enough. And I think Shaka... Um, well, to some extent, it's not his fault because I think 
uh, it goes back to the recruitment issue that we've been talking about. It's been quite poor. Mm. We don't sign players with any sort of plan or system. If okay. we were going to bring in Shaka to our team, we should have brought players who are dynamic, who could run around him. We didn't really do that. Um, so, I mean, you vote Shaka at the time when he came, it was Shaka in midfield and Ozil in that midfield. It's, that midfield mm. is definitely going to be overrun. And now, I mean, he's just all by his own and it's not really looking good for him. It's not really looking good for us. And yeah, and I know. Um, yeah, overall, I think, you know, Burnley didn't, did not play a good game. In, yeah, in the second I, half, I, that's the thing the as well. Half, they, they were just poor and they got lucky. With they were the, really poor. They were really poor. They got poor. really lucky with that. I, I, well. I, I didn't yeah. see, like, the, in the, the studio afterwards. Threat. In the studio afterwards, they were saying, oh, we have to praise Burnley. Praise Burnley for what? What, what did they do? They really didn't they, do anything. Even, even when we were ten men, I felt like we were exactly, still exactly. And we were like it was, it was still even. Yeah, eleven v eleven. This is exactly what I thought. I am seeing a lot of fans have been very reactionary with this game. Like, okay, fine, we we were expected to win, and we really wanted the win, and yet we still lost. But it just so happens that as well, <laughs> I mean. You, you're one player who, okay, you put in there for the experience, does something totally that you would expect someone very inexperienced to do with mm. Shaka getting himself a red card. And then Obama Young, who doesn't score, finally scores, but it's an own goal. You know, like, you, you don't expect these things to happen, but they did. And it's, it's just a symptom or of something that's been going on at the club. I mean, these, these players are bereft of confidence. I said before the Spurs game, I was watching some of the player interviews and Obama in particular stood out because he's the captain. He was saying how much they needed to win that game and like it would be a turning point for the season. And in my head, I was just thinking, you know, fine. Yes, I agree with you. This, this game, if you win this, it's going to be a huge turning point. But at the same time, they are putting so much pressure on themselves because Yes, we've we've had a bad streak of results going. I mean, we've been losing almost every other game in in the Premier League, <laughs> if not all the games. So it it was a lot of pressure to place on themselves, and then they ended up losing in typical Mourinho fashion. I mean, they conceded three shots on target, two goals conceded. I mean, that was it. Uh, we did outshoot them. We did out. Uh, I wouldn't say outplay them. It was a tactical masterclass from Mourinho. But again, that result in itself breaks down that confidence further, especially after having placed so much pressure on themselves, as it were. Mm. And then come to the Burnley game. These things happen again. I mean, fine. Uh, they start playing well in the second half. They come out guns are blazing. And they, they're playing really well. And then Shaka, out of nowhere, just does what he did. You know, how, how do you throttle, I mean, uh, play an opponent's throat just like that? It's, it's unspeakable. So, and the, so it, it goes back down to 10 men. And as much as you try to get a goal out of that, it's just clear that we were at a disadvantage because then our, our player... Uh, previous captain has put us in a very tricky situation nonetheless and then we end up conceding that own goal after Burnley create absolutely nothing 
the own goal comes out of nowhere and we still try and play but then uh, at that point it's too late Burnley all, all they had to do is just close, close up shop and that was it and this is how we've been playing really I mean I've seen a risk like if you looked at it uh, objectively I would say that even in the Spurs game there was some improvement in how we were playing I wouldn't say mm. that, that it's it's like oh, we are there already, it's just we've been unlucky. No, but there was an improvement. I, I was seeing some intent with the forward players. I mean, we were trying to move the ball. It's just that it was a Mourinho masterclass and fine, we couldn't do it. We tried again against Burnley and again, once again, uh, whatever happened, happened and we ended up with the defeat. If you look at the Burnley game, I think... Uh, the stat from Obinho is we had 18 shots uh, against Burnley. It, it just goes to, to show you that we have been trying. It's not that we haven't been trying. It's, Ateta has tried fixing that issue of not shooting. Even against Spurs, we, I think we did outshoot them. Not by much, but we did outshoot them. We, we did try creating a lot of chances. It's, it, it goes back to this, that the players, even in the forward line, they're uh, bereft of confidence after having put so much pressure on themselves and then they've got their shooting boots off. So I don't know. It's, I think I said this in the previous uh, podcast, it's a bigger issue at play. I think Ateta has been trying to solve each problem as it presents itself, but you can only do so much as a manager. I mean, if you have 18 shots and you don't put even a single one in, what can you do as the manager? Yeah, but then again, um, what are the quality, what is the quality of your chance creation? I mean, you can have five shots, but the quality of those, those, those chances are really good. So you have a higher chance of scoring three goals. You can have 20 shots, but the quality is quite poor and you probably really had a chance to score one or two goals. So mm -hmm. I think the issue is, not the amount of shots. I mean, shots, yes, it's a statistic, but we need to look at the quality of those chances that we're creating. Are they good enough for somebody to take a chance on? Let me say, okay, fine. He should have scored this one. He should have scored this one. Like three, four or five of them. I think in the game, you get Let's like six. This way. Hmm. There was a moment, I think, I'm not sure uh, whether it was in the first half or second half, when the ball fell to Lacazette, I think from the left-hand side, I think Tierney had crossed it. I don't remember it quite well, but it sticks in my head. And then Lacazette, instead of shooting, passes it on to William. Do you, do you remember that? Mm, I think so. I, I, yeah. yeah, I remember. Like, and William, I mean, Lacazette had not been marked. It just, he was, this is what I'm talking about. Had he been Lacazette with confidence, had he been... A man in form, you know, he would take that shot, whether it was on his uh, weaker foot or or whatever. Mm. Like I said, should have shot that. Instead, he gives it to William, and William, as we know, I mean, <laughs> the lack of quality is astonishing. I mean, I don't know what kind of player they thought they was they were signing, but this is not it. No, but you know, I think <laughs> with William, it's just a strange, strange situation. I can't understand because you can't from go from from ten to zero. In like mm. in like a month, basically, okay. because he's, he's, when he ended the season with Chelsea, yeah, when he ended good. the season with Chelsea, I'm not talking about like what he was doing last year. 
when he ended the season mm. with Chelsea in August. Mm. This is August. This is like four months ago. He was yeah. he was doing really well. He was one of the he was the he was their top creator. Yeah, wasn't he player of the season? I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but he, he was, was probably close. But yeah. he was he was doing really well for them, and you can't go mm. from that to this. I I mean. Mm. Anybody who says Willian is a rubbish player really doesn't know anything about football. Yeah. What's going on with Willian is very strange. I can't understand what <laughs> is going on with him. And, I'm with you on that. and I think I think what exasperates the situation is that he's from Chelsea. So you and he's a deal that not a lot of fans wanted. So mm he has that going against him. So the criticism mm-hmm. on William is a bit much higher than it would, it would have been for anybody else. Yeah. So he has to deal with that situation. But I'm looking at it objectively mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense. All right? Somebody mm-hmm. would say, all right, fine, don't sign him, whatever. Fine. He's already been signed. At the time, mm-hmm. you think about it. Okay, this is a player who's experienced in the league. He's won the league twice. You know, he's won the Europa League. Um, he brings in a great experience. Uh, it, it sounds like a good deal, right? Uh, on paper, maybe the money, I mean, there's some dodgy issues about that, but we don't want to get into that. I'm just talking about the player and what he can bring to the team. And it makes some sense, some sense. Yeah. So for it... If if he was scoring a goal here and there and giving an assist here and there, there wouldn't be that much of a clamor. But now he's not doing anything and his minutes are being in the expense of Pepe, who yeah. to me is the future. Yeah. Uh, his minutes are coming in the expense of Nelson, who is also the future. And I think mm-hmm. that coupled with what I've mentioned before is really piling mm-hmm. on the pressure for William. Yeah. Um... So I think, and Arteta... Um, mm. and uh, it's something I also wanted to discuss later on, but I might as well mm. do it now. He's very reluctant to do something about the experienced players, and his experienced players are letting him down right now. All of them. Mm. Yeah. They're really, really letting him down, and he is afraid to take the decision to do something about that. Yeah, okay. um, let's talk about this. Mm. Um this is a, I think it's a two-sided coin and I don't know, maybe this is just me as the optimistic guy um, or whatever it is you want to call it, saying it this way. But, okay, Ateta has come uh, into the team with this uh, hardline approach, okay, that, that uh, he wants these non-negotiables and everything. And then... <laughs> Um, it it works well in his first six months. We win the trophies, fine, whatever. Now, what's what's happening now is that whatever he's tried has not worked. Has not worked. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Has not worked. So, um, him as an inexperienced manager, th- think of it like just go put yourself in his shoes for a second. Do you want to? Fine. Let me just ask the question before I answer it. Do you want to um, stick with the experienced players or do you want to put in uh, youngsters who might give you a change, but then if it doesn't work out, you're putting them in 
the spotlight again mm. you know like it, it's it's risky either way that's the thing with youngsters i mean we all know it like you might get something good or it might be like really bad i think we saw it when he tried it with the uh, willock he he had been performing really well in the europa league he put him in the in the premier league squad and even he couldn't i mean it's putting a lot of pressure on a kid but uh by himself willock could not perform as he did in the europa league so he ended up being dropped again mm. i mean he had even he had rewarded that those performances from the europa league with a start in the premier league i think two starts in a row but he couldn't replicate that form so my question is what do you do as an inexperienced manager with this situation do you put the kids in the spotlight like this or do you, do you like just try what you can with the experienced players because in the end as we know he doesn't rate most of them he he's going to sell them he might as well give them playing time and you know just get them out in the transfer windows i mean i feel that <laughs> there's a lot of uh, politics at play still with these players that i would hesitate to put a lot of pressure on arteta to play all the youngsters you you can't no 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 the clamor isn't i don't want like the whole of the academy to play in the first team because all the old players are rubbish mm. i'm saying there are players who are not meriting the trust that arteta has given to them yeah and there are younger players in those positions who are doing well i'm not saying start them but at mm. least have them as an option you have somebody who scores a goal or an assist in the europa mm. league and then on sunday he's not even in the squad mm. you see what i mean so well, what about here no i'm just giving um like we've seen uh, with uh, okay smithrow was in the team yeah we've seen performance from atling ainsley mitten lads they've been really good and then in the weekend he's not in the team at all mm. yeah um that doesn't register with me all right because you have then he also his his bench uh, selections mm. are also something to be, uh, to contend with because like there's very little you can do in mm. most occasions with the bench that he has yeah like it's it's what's on the first it's also, it's also on the pitch or it's nothing mm. so you have uh, like if we're in the dumps we all probably have the only offensive uh substitution we can make is in ketia you know and and that doesn't help as much you know yeah. you, if you have a winger a midfielder mm. who's doing well put him in the team i mean like for example um as the game ended he put in ketia mm. for me putting on another striker and there's still a dearth of creativity doesn't make any sense <laughs> i would rather have put in emil smithrow and push obama yang and lacazette in the box hmm. because those are our most uh, effective strikers and try to effect try to bring a more creativity around them you have sebayos there then you've brought in uh, smith row and then you probably have some crosses on this other side from saka and tni maybe they'll get a chance or two in the probably the last 10 yeah. minutes but in ketia yeah. you've put another body in the box you put it, you're pushing yeah. abamayang or lacazette out they're not really creative players and you're basically yeah. in the same position that you are 
you know, yeah. before the substitution. So I feel like his in-game management, um, yeah. his bench selections have left a lot to be desired. Like there's no, like, you don't look at the bench at halftime and, okay, how do I change it? You're like, okay, we can do this, we can do that. There's not really much you can do with his, his bench. <laughs> there's a lot of defensive players in the team, which I don't mm. like, because mm. they end up not being used unless there's an injury. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole point of having a bench is for you to affect the game depending on what's going on in the game, in the game. Okay. Right? And most um, of the time, it has to be an offensive nature. Yeah. And we're just not doing that. I mean, having a player like Maitland-Niles on your bench is so important. In yeah, Maitland-Niles, you have a midfielder, you have a winger, mm. you have a fullback. That's three positions you'd have put on the bench in one player. That's, that's five positions because he covers either side exactly. of the pitch. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, Midland Niles is a player I never leave out of my 18-man squad, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. And I think um, moving forward, I think we'll talk about it later, but moving forward, Midland Niles needs to be in the picture because yeah. at the very least, this team is lacking dynamism in midfield and he mm. or in our in our play basically and he is really important for that and we need to just yeah, find a way okay. how we're going to input that in the team okay i agree with you there but uh, i think like this is what i've been saying i agree with you for the most part but it's just the same thing the same question that i've asked does indeed put these players and they don't perform what does that say about everything like you know you're, you're putting kids in a fragile team the team the whole team you can't put one player in and expect a huge difference you're putting in players in a toxic environment it's a fragile team if they end up not performing it hurts them and their progression into the future as much as anything else so it's, it's but that's the whole risk. risk it is a risk <laughs> That's the whole yeah, thing. That's what I'm Ahmed. saying. Like, you have to see. Yeah. You have to be brave. I'm not saying it's it's gonna work. It's it it can fail. Mm. That's the thing. You have to be. Um, what's the thing that Wenger used to say? Fear of failure should not uh, determine what your decision making. Mm. You have to be okay with failing. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll never succeed. If you're afraid that it will fail, it will never work. Mm. Mm. So you have to take that risk. If you, yeah. if you can trust the player, I mean, it's like half-hearted. If you trust the mm. player to play him in Europa League, but you can't mm. trust him to even put him in the squad in the Premier League, then mm. you're afraid. You're basically you, you afraid. Brought up an, you brought up an interesting point with the, with the Wenger quote. Um, what did I want to say? Um, it's, I think and we saw the same thing with uh, Unai when he came. Hmm. You know, um, he started out very well with his... Okay, I, I wouldn't say very well because we started against uh, two, two losses with Man City and was it Liverpool or Chelsea? I don't Chelsea. remember. Yeah. So we started and then he wanted to play progressive football. You, you remember? And we were yeah. all excited and everything. And then was it like four or five games in, he immediately switched. Like he became reactionary. He panicked when he, when he saw that our defense wasn't out of scratch and he changed the formation. He changed his ideas. He changed everything. 
I mean, he became really afraid that we were going to uh, really concede and lose games if we continued the way we were playing. So he changed his ideas and he became a sort of uh, flippant. Like he was just shifting his ideas all the time. In, and in the end, it became very unsustainable. The players didn't know what they were being asked to do. And uh, I, I don't know, are we seeing the same uh, signs of uh, fear of failure, reactionaries from Arteta? Because I don't think Arteta is reactionary. I think he's quite the opposite. I think Arteta is quite stubborn. <laughs> he's too rigid. <laughs> what he wants to do. And mm. I think as well, we as a club, Arsenal Football Club need to see that we have a huge, huge problem yeah. in the makeup of the squad. Right there, and I think there's a quote that's going around uh, on Twitter from Lumberg. He was saying that mm-hmm. even if Arteta comes in, he doesn't see the attitude of the players changing because he believes mm-hmm. most of them don't really care about the club. Mm-hmm. Right, they're mm-hmm. there because it's it's suitable for them to be there in that period of their careers and so on and so forth. And it sort of makes sense because when did Lumberg say this? He seen. said this before he left. Okay. He said this. You remember even in his last game, he put in nine mm-hmm. academy players? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. He was fed up. Yeah, because he's like, these guys, I mean, they mm-hmm. don't really care. And I think that is a pointer because we've seen sort of, and these things has happened under different managers. It happened under Wenger. Yeah. It happened yeah. under Emery. They gave him a good spell and then they collapsed. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. done this under Ateta now. They gave him a good spell, they've collapsed. These are players who are reactionary. They react upon... Mm-hmm. I mean, even if we, be, if we bring a new manager right now, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you our form will go up, we'll play better. But mm-hmm. we'll reach again after a couple of months, we're going to collapse. It's going to happen. So we yeah. can't keep on doing the same thing and expecting a different result. We need yeah. to address this issue about the makeup of the squad and need to get people who want to be at the club, who want to be bring yeah. success to the club. That's the most important mm-hmm. thing. Even it, if it's going to take us another year. So. has been trying to address as well. Exactly. That's like, why we're having these problems. Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. I, I, I'm supporting him on this issue, that he needs to mm-hmm. change that culture. Changing mm-hmm. the culture is not going to take a couple of months. It's going to take two, three years. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of players are going to be leaving next summer. A lot of old players are, are getting out of contract. I hope they start leaving this January. I mean, waiting for next summer is too long away. We might be relegated. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't get to that. Um, well, I um, we'll, we'll speak about the January transfer window. But I think mm. uh, next summer, uh, lots of players are out of contract. There's Lacazette. Um, mm. Socrates, no, Mustafi. Lacazette still has uh, an extra year after next summer. Really? Yeah, he, he has two years currently, so this is his... Oh, okay, okay, yes, 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 true, two years. So he's got Socrates, he's got Mustafi, he's got Ozil. Um, who else? Um, uh, Luis. Luis. You know, there are a couple of, of, of players... Uh, and influential players at that at that part, you know, these are not uh, any; these are very important influential players in the, in the dressing room who yeah. are getting out of squad, out of the squad yeah. next summer. I mean, I don't see any of them getting an extension. Mm. Any of those players getting an extension, so that's also a lot of money in terms of the wage bill released. Yeah, and we could see an upturn in terms of the makeup and the the. The attitude of of, of of the squad in 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 a whole in a total, but yeah. I think as of now, um, mm. 
we are still going to be a bit struggling with that issue. Mm. Um, I don't know how exactly that makes up our fortune. I think for this season, for me, uh, I've talked about this so many times. Europa League is extremely important. Uh, I don't know why people sort of begrudge it. I think for me, it's easier to win the Europa League than to get into top four, in my yeah. opinion. And I've it always is. said You're this. Right. So I think it's always easy. I mean, just look how we went through the, the group stage. Mm. You know, we didn't yep. really, you know, half and puff. And right now we're really struggling in the Premier League. So I feel that that's a, it's still a very realistic route. It's gotten a bit harder with the teams that have dropped in from the Champions League, but I mean, if you want to win the Europa League, you really, yeah. you really have to to beat the best team. So I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, the way, same way we were talking about the FA Cup. If you want to win the FA Cup, you've got to beat the best teams, and we beat the best teams. Yeah. That's why we won the FA Cup. So, sort of the same thing is required in the Europa League. But I think in terms of our Premier League form, it does need to improve. Yeah. We need to get up the table. We need to start picking up wins. Then uh, maybe after a couple yeah. of games, see where we are, and yeah. then we can readdress. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, we've talked about a lot there. Um, let me just uh, bring you back to the game to finalize it. Um, so, uh, what did you make of the game overall? Like, uh, who was your uh, Arsenal player of the match? Um, what do you expect to see now? Like, maybe give us like maybe three things you learned from the game yesterday, or rather on Sunday. Um, three things that I learned. Mm. Mm. Three things that I learned. Well. Um, I think um, Arteta is inconsistent mm-hmm. with the players mm-hmm. because his reaction to Pepe and the reaction to Shaka is completely different. I mean, he tried to be a bit harsh, but you could tell that he was holding back. Mm-hmm. With Pepe, mm-hmm. you could see the anger and he was really, really upset mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. saying it was unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Shaka. Because he expects more from Pepe. No, I mean, like he, he when 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 Ateta comes and says they're non-negotiables, mm. I don't expect the non-negotiables to be for the young players only. Mm. They should mm. be for everybody, from Aubameyang to Miguel Aziz. If mm. you're in the first team, these are the standards that everybody needs to follow. Nobody is favored. If mm. if anybody does this, the reaction is the same. If you do play well, yeah. the reward is the same. If you play badly or do something bad, the reaction mm. is the same. And it just wasn't. It just wasn't. If he had come out and had lambasted, if that was the standard that he did uh, to Pepe, I'm expecting every time he does that, he should have done the same for Shaka. But you could tell from Shaka he was trying to protect him. And for me, the person who needs protecting is Pepe. He's the, he's yeah. the, the star man. He's our person that we need to protect. And he just yeah. he threw him to the dogs. And, <laughs> and look, if he, was, if he came out like... Maybe in another press conference said, look, perhaps, you know, I was a bit angry with Pepe, the heat of the game. He's a very important player. We need to keep him firing. And it was just upset, you know. Then I would have understood now what he did with Shaka. But he continued, yeah. you know, two, three days after. He's still talking about it's unacceptable. It shouldn't happen. Yeah. And now with Shaka, 
he's like, you know, shouldn't uh, forget all the good things he's done. I've just seen some of the quotes, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, come on, mm. Ateta. I mean, that's 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 for me. I don't, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. So it shows inconsistencies. With the, yeah. It shows inconsistencies with how he's trying to deal with the squad. Yeah, and I, I I don't like that. I mean, for example, look what happened with William. We talked about it earlier, uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he, he still hasn't like he's still being rewarded for exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I think that's one thing I learned. Um, I mean, another Is thing. Any positives? Positives. Yeah. Um, I like Lacazette's performance. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's he's doing okay. I think he's. We've sort of had this misconception about Lacazette as a as a number nine. He's never really played in that position. He's always played with a partner. Mm-hmm. And you think That's of Lacazette's best period, his best period in the in an Arsenal shirt was that season for Emery when they he was paired together with Aubameyang. They played as a two up front and he was doing really, really well. Mm. And I feel like um, even though like now he's not scoring, he's not assisting, but you can see Mm. his performances are better. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's affecting the game more than he was playing as a number nine, then backing up into players and doing all sorts of stuff. Now he's affecting the game. He's trying to pick up the ball deeper. Mm. Uh, I'd like him to pick up the ball maybe 30 yards higher than where he receives the ball. But then that's again up to Shaka and El Nene and all that problem around that yeah. front. So, I mean, uh, that's a positive. That's one I would pick out of there. Mm. Um, and another thing I think that's also confirmed, I mean, is William Saliba really that bad? <laughs> you keep bringing this up. Um, I know. Maybe we'll talk about this in, in the second part when we yeah. talk about the transfers and everything. Yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> that that's a point of contention with me as well. Anyway, uh, you want to leave it there? You want something else to add on? Uh, no, I think we we've covered enough from the game. I think overall, it was a better game by us, mm-hmm. but still poor result. And it is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, uh, we will come back with part two with some questions and more discussions right after this. Welcome back to part two of the Kenyan Gunners podcast. You can follow us on our various social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I think I, I mixed those things up. Anyway, uh, okay. there's, okay. I, there's normally a platform, the way I do it. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so uh, today we're just going to talk about um, sort of like a post-match and a pre-match podcast. So we'll just uh, look ahead mm-hmm. to Southampton, which is tomorrow. Yes, on Wednesday. Yes. I don't know what time. Uh does it matter even? Uh, so, I mean, let me just check here. I should have Tomorrow had at 9 p.m. Kenyan, Kenyan time. Yeah. Wow. So, prime time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, 
Southampton, who are doing really well. I think they're fourth in the table, as you said. We're talking in the back channel. Um, yeah, fourth and only two points away from first. Mm, really good. With, with, uh, really well for, people for say, themselves. oh, the table takes shape after 10 games. Well, it's 12 games in and Southampton are doing are fourth. So uh, I'm really yeah, impressed with how they played. Um, there was this game I watched, which was, was I think it was Aston Villa. I watched mm. the first half. They played versus Aston Villa uh, away and they were really, really good. Um, fantastic. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, and then uh, versus United as well, they did well. They lost the game, I think, three-two, but yeah. they did really well in the game as well. So, I mean, there's something going on there with the Hassan Hutu. Um, what that means to them for the whole season, I don't know. But uh, one thing that we cannot discount is they're in a very good run of form uh, and doing very well for themselves. Yeah, they have been. They've been uh, really good ever since. It was the end of last season as well. They had this uh, really good uptick in form. Uh, they've carried it into this season. The kind of football they play, it's it's really nice to watch. Um, maybe you could say you expect the same from us. <laughs> maybe that's the kind of football we, we should be playing. But the reality of the situation has changed. They occupy the fourth place now. Uh, overall, I think <laughs> contrasting fortunes really between between our teams. Uh, but uh, fair play to Southampton. Uh, credit to them on mm. how they've been playing. They they really deserve to be where they are right now. They've been re- doing a really really good job. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, this, uh, as you said, right from uh, I think it was after the the lockdown, post lockdown, mm. they did really well. Mm. Um, playing some fantastic football, um, getting some good results in as well. They've carried that form into the season and um, it's they are where they are because of, of that. So credit to them. And that's what we'll be facing against. In a situation, of course, where we really need to win. Uh, we need the win. We need, uh, I think, more than anything, the win. I think the result is what we need. Then we can yes. win the results and then maybe talk about performances. But... I think a win is near this point in time where 13 points, uh, what, four or five points of relegation zone, I think. So uh, yeah. definitely need to start picking up points uh, to mm. get up the table. And um, well, we, the longer we put off the hold, the harder it is it will be to, to get up the table. Yeah, but how are we going to get those points? What do you expect from the team selection and everything? Well, I expect Pepe to be back, so he should start mm-hmm. over um, William, you'd think. I think we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think we'll see Lacazette in that ten again. We'll see Oba up front. Mm. Uh, Saka on the left. Saka to continue on the left. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Shaka is not there, so that's good. So I think we'll see Sabayos, Sabayos and El Neni. Um, it's yeah. such a shame Pate is injured, you know. You know. Uh, I don't know what to say about it. Like, it's... Atata find there has been a lot of mismanagement and uh, the use of some players has been questionable. But... Like ever since he came, I think the recruitment has been 
a touch better aside from the William one and maybe you could question the the Pablo Marie deals and the Cedric deals as a I don't know why people question the the I think Marie is a good player. I mean for what we paid for him. Yeah, the thing is it's it's the issue now we have the issue the is the is the Cedric causing one. a squad imbalance. No, I think with 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 Pablo Marie, I think we needed mm-hmm. a player like him. I think he's a left-footed mm-hmm. player. We didn't really. Mm. I think the only left-footed centre backs are the ones we've bought this year, Pablo Marie mm. and and Gabriel. So I felt, actually, for squad balance, Pablo mm. Marie was a good sign. I didn't I didn't expect him to be the number one centre back, but I think mm. to have in the squad is 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 important. And I okay. personally, for me, I think mm. it's a good deal. And I think mm. what we've paid for him. Is 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 not a bad. It's not a bad deal. Bad deals mm. is giving yeah. Louis an extension, is giving William mm. three years, is giving Cedric four years. Those are bad deals because they don't make mm. sense. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so um, what were you talking about? Yeah, so I was saying um, overall, I think the recruitment has been okay. He's just mm. been, aside from the Saliba mismanagement, which we'll talk about in a few, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's done well with bringing Gabriel in, with bringing Partey in. It's, with Partey, he's been unlucky, given that, do you know, Partey has had no injury at, or was it only one injury in the five years he was at Atletico? He, uh, he's been a player that, that has been, been really fit and firing. He has hardly missed any games. Uh, if he missed a few, maybe it was down to the coach's selection, but uh, not due to injury. And the minute he comes into Arsenal, he, he can't uh, sustain a run of games. <laughs> he played first against Manu, and he played really well against Manu. And then against Aston Villa, he got injured in the first half. Okay, he got injured, he came back, he, he pushed himself to come back, and then he gets injured again. In the first half of uh, Wolves, was it Wolves? It was in Newcastle. I mean, at Tottenham. At Spurs, yeah. Sorry, at Spurs, yeah. So it's it's been really unfortunate for him. I, I really feel bad for the guy. I think, I think maybe, you know, it's uh, just uh, being uh, speculative, but. I'm sure had he been in the team instead of Shaka, it would have been uh, better. I think he is an overall better player. Yeah. Obviously. So, yeah, in that regard, in that regard, Ateta has been really unlucky as well. With yeah, but with, of, uh, with the party one, I think for me, I felt that he was rushed. Yeah. Because as you said, the mood around the but, camp, you talked about uh, Obama Young's... Uh, yeah. Nini. There was that pressure on them and I think it was on the manager as well they, yeah. they felt that they needed to win the game yeah, and I felt I think Potter was played he, exactly and he himself he really wanted to play to yeah but point, you see you at know? this point that's why you're the manager yeah. right you yeah. want as a player you want to play but as the manager you mm. have to have the long term thinking look mm. alright fine can we miss out on Potter give him an, an extra seven days to recover mm. right and have him fully fit even though the yeah. metrics and the data is saying, okay, he's, he's fine, he can play. Yeah. Have him, uh, uh, but uh, have him for, imagine if we had uh, Partey now. Yeah. Just thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, for these run of games. If we have Thomas Partey in the team against Burnley, 
I think we you have like a an uptick in how we, uh, in terms of our our possibility of winning the game, and it gives us a mm. better chance in this mm. period where we really need mm. the wins. Mm. Um, I mean, again, it's a risk. He took the risk. Fair enough to him. Yeah, it this time he, he did take the risk. Yeah, <laughs> when, when you don't want him to. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I think it would have been if it was Arsene Wenger who said, "Okay, just give him a moment," because he knows, mm. or any other experienced manager for that this matter. Is, yeah, this is where the inexperience comes yeah. in. I, I believe, you know. Yeah, I think uh, Ateta really cherishes the the drive of the individual players. I mm. think this is why he picks some of the players, maybe. Yeah because of what he sees in training, how they push themselves. Ateta really likes them. So he saw maybe Pate was uh, out to prove a point. He was uh, fit according to the medical team. So why not take that risk? You know, it's against Spurs. It's a big game. If it works out good, he, he gets a win in, in that box. You know, mm. he checks that box and he says, this is what I did. <laughs> But it didn't work out in the end, and he's injured again. So it's a risk that did not pay off. And uh, I, I can't blame it on him so much. I mean, that's one I, I'm, I'm just going to put it down to bad luck. Uh, well, yeah. so... Um... Yeah, so I was saying the, recru- the recruitment and has been good. It's just that he's been kind of unlucky with what he can pick, even with the red cards, you know, they, they kind of limit the, the choices he can uh, put on the pitch with Nelson injuries as well every other week. It's, it's uh, I don't know. I, I'm just hoping now with Pepe back, we, we won't have to see William play again. Um, with Shaka out, maybe he, he'll be out for good. I hope he's sold in January. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, I I do believe we'll see a better side than we did against Burnley just because of the players that are now available, injuries permitting, of course. Mm. Do you think we'll see Ainsley, Midland, Niles for some reason? Um, not in the starting lineup, because then where will he play? I I maybe. But I, I don't see him dropping El Nani because mm. we know Ateta prefers that experience for whatever reason. So, yeah, I don't see where he will start. I, I can see maybe him coming off, coming on in the second half. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, same with the likes of uh, Smithrow or Willock. Um, if they're fit and ready to play, I think they might come on to, one of them might be brought on to replace Lacazette maybe in the dying stages of the game, you know, mm. from the 80th or 70th minute. Um, but I don't expect the lineup to change drastically. I think we know Ateta is as rigid as they come, very stubborn. I think man. we'll see two changes. I think Pepe should come in. Yeah. And then William. for Shaka, obviously, I think he'll bring in Ceballos. I think probably yeah. that's, that'll be it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it with the lineup, and it is overall a better lineup. I believe it's more uh, there's more attacking intent in that in there, you know, more attacking mm. prowess, more technical ability with Pepe and uh, Ceballos. Um, so yeah, I, I just hope that we show up. You know, we, we played. I wouldn't say that it was 
a well-beating performance against Burnley, but we did play sort of well, even with 10 men. So mm-hmm. I just want to see that being brought on to uh, Southampton, uh, the game against Southampton, so that we at least push for that win, because we really need that win desperately. Yeah, I agree. I think the result, uh, more than anything, is really important for where we want to be. Uh, we talked about position and what we need to do to sort of, sort of pick up the three points. And uh, mm. this is the game that's in front of us, so we've got to attack it and and try to get the win. Yes, we do. We're home, uh, are we? we? We're playing at home. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, the fixture list, I don't know if you've seen this meme running around. <laughs> <so it's>, uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the fixture list is laughing at us. <laughs> Yeah, well. So, yeah, that's what we've got coming. Uh, Southampton at home, then Everton away, who are also a formidable side right now. Um, then Chelsea at home. And then who are we playing away? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I think the, the, the City game, the Carabao Cup game, should be after oh, that, okay. if I'm not sure. Um, let me just confirm that. Here we go. Here's our schedule. Yeah, it's uh, Southampton tomorrow, then Everton on Saturday. Then uh, it's against Man City at home in the in in the League Cup, and then Chelsea away. Mm. So so that's how it is. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> no, sorry, Chelsea is at home. Sorry. So well, they they beat oh, us at home last season. So so we are playing at home. Yeah, but. You know, they, they beat us, you know, with the Jorginho being, jo, whatever his name is, yeah. being a prick. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I actually think it was the referee. Yeah, it was. If the referee made the decision, then he doesn't have to do whatever yeah. that he did, so. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I wish we could be more in referee decisions right now. <laughs> right now, the main problem is with the team itself. Exactly. And that needs to be solved uh, sooner rather than later because games are coming and going and we're not picking up anything. Mm. And we need yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do we talk about uh, maybe what changes you'd like to see? I know it's a bit early given it's only mid-December, but yeah, January transfer season, transfer window is coming up, sorry. And... Yeah. Uh, what what do you think? Do you, do you see what kind of changes would you like to see? Would you like to see any? I, I mean, think we, we, need to we sign, know what um, we want to see incomings. If we can sign a creative player, I think um, at this point, I think they would have wanted to sign a creative player in the summer, mm-hmm. but I think the timeline for that has been pushed up. Yeah, and they will try to do it uh, in January. If they won't be able to do it with January, we might be able to see something on the Ozil front. Because there's sort of hints from Arteta in his press conference today. There were hints from... I think he's uh, been allowed to to put him back into the squad. Yeah, there have been hints as well from from Edu. uh, Mm. uh, uh, There's some quotes that were going around last night. So... I think there's that's an option, but I think they'll only do that if they can't get if they sign a creative player, 
Yeah. And um, I don't see Ozil uh, getting into the team. And so interestingly enough, Owar, mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. war front, uh, I mean, PSG, uh, not PSG, sorry. Uh, Ligue 1 have lost uh, their, sponsor, their TV sponsorship uh, oh. worth 800 million, uh, I think, euros that that deal was worth uh, for this season. So they're looking for somebody yeah. else to sponsor it. There's a talk of Canal Plus, Canal, sorry, mm-hmm. coming in to take uh, that uh, deal, but they're offering, they're going to offer much, much lower than what uh, Telefoot were offering. So, okay. um, I mean, the so clubs are the in a bit are... of a financial... Disarray. Uh, mm. um, yes, uh, yeah, so I think uh, we could take advantage of that. I want to see mm. Le- uh, Leon's position. I mean, they beat uh, PSG last night. Yeah, yeah. I saw Neymar got out injured. Yeah. Injury. Which means he'll miss the February Champions League games again. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's usually does. League table. Uh, oh my, Leon a second. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I thought they weren't playing well. <laughs> yeah, I, I know they started poorly, actually, to be fair to them. Uh, Lila fast, so Pepe yeah. should be feeling really good about that. Um, yeah, Liana second. Wow. Uh, eight wins, They've five won draws. Their last five games. Yes, there's like green ticks around. I think that's that form is what took them. Uh, Leona second with ooh, and tell you what, mm-hmm. they are second level on points with Lille, who are first. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm just saying that right now. A PSG a third with 28, Marseille a fourth with 27. It's really tight. Wow. It's a tight table. 27, 26. So, like from Montpellier, mm. really from Montpellier to Lille, that's a tight so, one. So then, do you think they'd they'd be willing to let our go? Because I mean, if they're in the fight for the yeah for the number one spot, yeah. it might be a bit tough. I think that that out. that in effect might uh, affect. Um, that's why we the the talk Ozil talk. Yeah, yeah, and as well, I'm hearing uh, things that. Uh, that Torreira deal is not working out at Atletico. Is it? Yeah, it's not. So he might be coming back as well. I think they want to end that loan deal. Really? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played. He's, he's had some niggling injuries, and then I think he contracted COVID at some point. Yeah, he so did, he yeah. Hasn't, yeah, so he hasn't been playing a lot. Um when he has been fit, I think he, he's been used in substitute appearances where he's done okay for himself, but he hasn't like really shown, you know. Mm. Uh, but of course, it's injuries not permitting. I mean, injuries have been hampering his progress. But yeah, so I think they want to terminate that because... Who Arsenal? Really, no, Atletico. Atletico want to terminate it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's just rumors at this point. I'm not well, sure. if if there's a player I want on loan, back is Gwendozi. Mm. I think Gwendozi in this team has dynamism. Mm. Yes, he does. So, and Ateta needs to fix whatever beef he has because I think Gwendozi is a very good player. 
uh, and he's he's a young player as well. I mean, it would save us 30, 40 million pounds. We need, I think we yeah, we need that kind of player right now. Mm. Um, well, um, he his stats this season are he's played ten games, two goals and two assists. Who's Gwendozi? Hussam Awa, and he's got oh, one red okay. card. Yeah, so he fits right in. Was... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if his statistics aren't really that good. No, I mean, what he does, uh, I've seen this, that uh, his numbers aren't usually like up there, but what he does is what we need. He's a, this thing he's of a collecting the ball. He's yes, a exactly. Exactly, and that's what we need. And in the end, he puts the ball into positions where, like, the strikers can at least affect it. You know, can mm. create. So his shot creating numbers are high, but his actual numbers, were in terms of statistics and goals, are a bit low. Yeah, he is he's... a creator in the sense of being a creator. Like, like maybe you would say. Um, Iniesta himself like did score a lot of goals, or uh, he didn't like have. I mean, he he was he was a good assister, but he didn't score a lot of goals. But he was still creating a lot, and yeah. Xavi as well as a number six, he he was still creating a lot, and he was necessary to how they play. But yeah, you know, like you wouldn't consider him if you look at his numbers. I mean, his numbers were low, but yeah. Yeah, it's what he does on the pitch where, with the carrying the ball forward, you know, collecting it in, in deep, you know, in the mm. positions where we are kind of slow. He's always there, you know, filling up spaces to progress the ball. You know, that's what we need, that player who can occupy those holes that we have. Because yeah. I've been watching uh, this these games, the, the Arsenal games, and I usually just wait and I put out the spaces between I, yeah. I, 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 I also do that as well I'm like in, in there I, 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 I'm a bit like a teta. I'm like telling them play there this space there <laughs> exactly this is the same thing I do I just I, I wish I, I'm telling you I wish I had some background in graphic design I would be drawing all these like these holes these holes that need to be plugged and I'm saying this is where our would be you know this is where Ozil could be and also as well, I think it gives, if you put somebody like Awa in those positions, you mm. players like Pepe, players like Saka will receive yeah. the ball 10, 20 yards higher than they do. That would give exactly. them a greater chance to affect the game. Exactly. You're not asking the strikers now to do the ball carrying. You know, you're asking them to just be there so that they can finish, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's... Okay, uh, fine. Uh, Bruno Fernandez for Manu has really good numbers, but it's basically what he's done, you know, uh, create, I mean, plug in the holes that uh, Manu had in going forward, mm. you know, and maybe that, that's the kind of profile of player that we need, you know, just to sit in those spaces, you know, provide an option for a pass in the middle. But you see, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm like 80, 70% sure that even if we do get that player, we'll still be going out wide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because of the way we've been playing. If we have Shaka in the team, 
is going to continue. I think we need to put focus on the future. You know, get party I've in been there. Saying this, if we get party in the in midfield, mm, yeah, uh, consistently playing, we will see a diversion or a diversity in terms of our progressive passes. Yes, some will go out I've wide. Some will go in. Shaka, Shaka, you know, despite all of his uh, strengths and weaknesses and everything. What he does is he tends to, he's a very vocal player, so he tends to pull the ball towards him, mm. you know? And a lot of the time, he can't do much with it except send it down the wings. Yes. But the kind of player that he is, he, he will always pull the ball toward him no matter what. Mm. I remember when we were seeing Pate and Shaka first playing together, and there were moments when I would want the ball to go to party. You know, party is calling to the ball. I mean, it's calling for the ball and it just goes out to Shaka. And I would see that party gets frustrated. Like, why aren't you passing the ball to me? I'm yeah. in the middle. I'm open. Like, what's happening? You could see the visible frustration out of party. So this is what Shaka does. You know, for better, okay, right now it's for worse, but it's it's what he does. He just pulls all the play towards him and it takes away all of that midfield action. And this is what creates now all these holes. Like there's such a huge gap between the midfield and the attack. And we just end up playing the balls to the wings and up for crosses, you know, and Mm. we end up now that's in the end, that's how we are very predictable because once the ball gets to to him, there's only one way where he can play or two ways. Maybe he'll go long down, the wing to Tierney or to Oba or he'll go the other side to William or to Bellerin, whoever's mm. up and wide. So it makes the game, our game, very predictable if, if Shaka is playing. So, yeah. Um, him, definitely, I would want to see him go. Uh, Pate, once he's fit, uh, <laughs> hopefully sooner rather than later, I want to see him play over him. And Well, there's uh, some people who are saying he could be out till January, so... Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's just about... Uh, I think also as well, I mean, Arteta mm. couldn't do a much bad than just to revert back to what we were doing with the 3-4-3, bring mm. Tierney back into the back three, bring back mm. Midland-Niles on that left-hand side or put Saka there, and mm. then just have the Sabayos and El Neni for now. Bellerin on the on the right hand side or Midland Niles as well there. Uh then Oba, Laka and and and, and Pepe. Just uh, I mean, because we need to uh really go back to something. Or if you're going to do it the four two three one uh way, mm. then Sabios needs to be in that midfield or somebody who can progress yes. the ball. And at this moment in time, it's only Sabios because yes. we decided that Gwenduzi was not good enough for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and we have to stick with him. And I think for the next yeah. three games, that's mm. what we're going to do. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You can only hope uh, that... You know, Atacha picks out the best lineups and just we get the results that we need because it's looking really dire. I think we are worse at we are worse off at this stage than at uh, than last season when we were clamoring for uh, uh, Emery to be sacked. Mm. Yeah, so one can only hope. That I think as well, improve. fans have come to the realization that it's not the manager. It's definitely that's the not. problem. 
It's uh, mm. a lot of issues that are going around. Of course, Arteta is getting some mistakes mm. uh, in in terms of this whole process, but uh, a lot yeah, of issues. Those are the growing pains with an inexperienced manager as well. Yeah, of course, and that that's that was expected. But uh, yeah. the main issues is that the squad isn't good enough, and it's important for the fans that, and more importantly mm. for the people in charge like Edu and Vinay to know yeah. that the problem is actually the squad. And mm. they need to persist with Mikel Arteta and try to get rid of these players as much as possible. Oh, what's that? What was that? Link. Oh, okay. Um, I live next to an airport, guys, so... <laughs> Yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, now that you brought up the issue of the players, if you were to pick some players mm-hmm. to remain in the Arsenal team maybe oh. by the end of the season, oh, who, man. Would you, who would be your top picks? Like, who, who would you want to remain from the whole squad? Let's see. Leno. Mm-hmm. Tierney. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Partey. Mm-hmm. That's four. Um, Pepe. Pepe, that's five. Oba, mm. Bellerin. Oba, Bellerin. Oh. Yeah. That's it. For me, I think that's... Uh, yeah. Like, I'm talking about senior players. Yeah, like players, first, that's team, it. first team players. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's so it. That's and then, that's and then all the kids out of eleven. And all of the kids. Yeah, sure. But that's now seven out of eleven. Yeah, I mean, there's one centre back. There's two midfielders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a winger or a striker. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work that needs. Yeah, and you know, this is just this is just the first team. You know, you yeah. you can't. You can't have a bench full of uh, young kids. You know, yeah. you, you also need some quality on the bench. So <laughs> this is just the first team that, that we've mentioned, uh, the, the, the starting lineup, so to, so to speak. So there's still four players that we need and as well a, a new bench. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see what Ateta is dealing with, you know. And I yeah, there was a talk. I think there was a couple of weeks ago. He said he needs like five or six players. So mm, yeah. you know, maybe you know, if he says that, that, does that also affect the players? You know, maybe they're they're like, are they downing their tools because they feel that they're not wanted? You know. He, well, they're not wanted. It is. I think. <laughs> but I why think, would they down their tools? Because I mean, we all know that this this group of players could do better and should be doing better. I think that's exactly the point. They don't care enough for them to like. Mm. You know what? I'm gonna prove you wrong. You know, I'm gonna prove Ateta wrong. I'm good enough yeah. for this team. They're like, oh, okay, fine. I'm not gonna do anything. You know, the attitude yeah. is a real mm. problem. And Lombard really pointed it out. And he's somebody who I respect and, a lot. And because this is why I. <laughs> Sorry, just just go on. Yeah, because Lundberg has been around winning teams, winning Arsenal yes. teams, and he knows what it takes. He has been with yeah. in, in a squad where people care about the team, and he looks at these guys mm-hmm. and they're like, so many of them don't care, and it's a yeah. big issue. Yeah. So if for him and uh, for him to say that, and we're just seeing it now playing out, 
in the opener. And uh, we as fans and the board especially need to make sure we're not caught in that wave of you need to sack the manager. It's yeah. very important. Otherwise, you're not going to solve this problem. The players are the issue and you need to fix the squad. That's the mm. problem. The problem is the squad and the makeup of it. And that was being brought about by the board because of their lack mm. of planning. Yes, exactly. And I believe this is why I think the board still has backing behind Mikel. Yeah, plus as well, like, if, if Arteta doesn't work, what the hell are they going to do? Yeah, because... They're like, they've put a lot of, all of their eggs in the Mikel basket. So, mm-hmm. like, for one reason or another, Mikel doesn't work. What the hell mm-hmm. are you going to do? If I may do, what the hell am I going to do if Arteta doesn't work? <laughs> you know? So, they're like, yeah. it's got to work. It's got to work. And uh, um, it's there. that's why they're more willing to look at the squad and say, okay, this squad has issues. And Arteta, I said it, um, I don't know who I was talking to. I can't remember who I was talking to. I was saying, Mikel Arteta has the safe, one of the safest jobs in world football. Yeah. His job is yeah. very safe. His job is yeah. safer than uh, Guardiola's. That's probably or, true. Or Klopp's. Or, uh, or, or, or His yeah. job is safer because of where we are at Mm. And the makeup of what this club has been about for the last five years, and the situation yeah. that he found himself in when he came into yeah. the team, yeah. it has to work. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, now we really need to see um, this support being backed and him getting the players that he needs. I know it's not easy given the current market, but. Uh, the Crankies really need to step up their game and really put uh, money where the mouth is and sign these players that Arteta wants because and then if we see that after signing these players that it's still not working then we can say you know yeah, Arteta yeah, is not just is not good enough because we've gotten him the players that he needs you know we've gotten rid of the players that were maybe causing this uh, footballing rot in, in Arsenal so yeah only then can we truly judge him because right now I think this, this guy has really tried you know he, with his inexperience and with the players we have at our disposal you know the players not caring and everything that's been going on, you know, with the uh, backroom reshuffles, you know, we, mm. we sacked how many uh, managing positions, I mean, we got rid of how many ma- senior managing positions at Arsenal in, in the recent past, you know, since 2018. And we've also had, uh, uh, what, what is it called, uh, turnover of players that's yeah. been very rapid. Over the last two years, I think we've gotten uh, 12 new additional players you know, that, that some of them, there have been no planning uh, around because of the previous management. But, yeah, you know, I think it's all part of now streamlining the process and getting Ateta the players he wants. And only then can we truly see and judge him for what he is, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's patience, it's time. I think mm. most of the fans understand that. 
And I think that's a good thing as well. So there's not going to be a lot of pressure from outside. If you think about it, the pressure on Ateta is probably inward and maybe from neutral uh, uh, journalists and sports commentators alike. I think the fans... The fans understand that yeah. the manager is not the problem. The problem is other yeah. players, and uh, yeah. not uh, yeah. So we just need to 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 fix that issue, and uh, hopefully this can be sorted mm-hmm. out really soon. Yeah, that's all we can hope for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? I think we've just about covered everything from the yeah, past pretty much. And- so yeah, game. just uh, gotta hope that we get the result that uh, is needed. Mm. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some of the changes that we want to see. Um, mm. I don't know. The key, the, the the key has to drop. It has to drop. It that it needs to realize that. Look, yes. these guys. Uh, I need to focus on the future. That's mm. why I feel. Uh, then I think after, at at that point we'll start to see maybe more of Saliba because I think it's. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see in January. The stock of him going on loan, maybe that would be yeah. good for him. Uh, yeah. Um, did you see this uh, Saliba and Lacazette? Sort yeah, of, I saw uh, that. I did. Yeah. He doesn't consider himself an Arsenal player. Yeah, because he said he hasn't played. Why would he? Yeah, he hasn't played. Which <laughs> he is sad. Played for the under 23s. That's a almost 30 million pound player. Who's uh, who has the potential to be world class, and he hasn't played a minute of Arsenal first team football. Yeah, I don't. I, we, there was this friendly. I saw him, and he played really well. And I'm really like, really well. Even in training, I don't know if you've seen him in training. Yeah. These videos that they post, he does really well. I mean, he, so he like, doesn't get. I don't understand. Music. I don't understand the whole thing that he's not ready and. I don't know if Callum Chambers come come back from a ligament injury and he's playing already. Mm. I mean, mm. that really really says something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, again, goes back to the fear of failure. Uh, mm. Maybe because of his situation, Arteta feels that he cannot put him in this team right now. He, he I think he's too protective of these young players. Yeah. He, he needs to... I think that uh, comes from Guardiola. Gets the handbrake off. Because it's certainly certainly not of... Uh, it's not from Vainga. It's certainly from Guardiola. Yeah, would definitely Because you can see players. the way Guardiola treated um, Foden. Okay. Yeah. It's turned out great, but, you know, mm. uh, a lot of players have left uh, Man City because they just Man didn't City. feel that they could turn. People talking yeah. probably like Sancho. A lot yeah, of players yeah. in La Liga as well who left the club because they felt like there was not really getting any chance. They only got the games game time in the Carabao Cup, uh, mm. and they, they really never got a look in. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's from Guardiola more than anything because yeah, I think uh, Moyes did give chance to youngsters. If you think mm. about it through his career, um, give his chance to Rooney. Uh, to Yanuzai when he was at Manchester United. Mm, yeah. uh, he gave him that start. Uh, so, I mean, oh, of course, uh, we all know about um, um, Wenger and the chances that he gave to youngsters. So, <laughs> so I think it's, it's more yeah. Guardiola thing. I think that's one thing we, mm. he shouldn't have picked from Guardiola that he has. So, I don't know. 
it's something that I hope that can slowly erode because I think it's really important, especially at an Ars- a club like Arsenal. Yeah. You've got to give the youth and the talent a chance because um, it's yes. certainly, if you look throughout our history, it's something that we've done yeah. uh, throughout. Uh, we've got players coming through the academy who have been given the chance and have gone to make our careers out of them. All the way through our history, yeah. go back 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And, uh, it's something mm. that should be allowed to continue. Um, yes. He will point at Pepe, I mean at uh, Saka, but mm. Saka really was already thriving before yeah. Before and he came. So. Who, gave, who gave Saka his chance. Yeah. To him. So I think um, I think he needs to work on that. Either way, I think by January, I really want the celebration to be soft. He's going out on loan, let him go out on loan, fine. Then at least mm. we can watch him play and see him grow. If he's not going to go out on yes. loan, then let him play. Let him play. Let um, me we, before we end this. Let me remind you of a player that's still in our books, Mavropanos. Do you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The player still in our books, he and, is, and yeah. apparently he's been doing well for his club. Yes, uh, Nuremberg. I think uh, he's doing okay. He's yeah, doing yeah. well. Um, yeah. It's an option as well. Uh, whether we we'll go that direction is is a player that Arteta mm. wants. I don't know. Um, I like the look of him. I liked him as a player. Uh, he, he plays for Stuttgart. Stuttgart, sorry. Nuremberg was last mm-hmm. year, sorry. Stuttgart, mm-hmm. yes. So, I mean, we just have to wait and see. Um, I think centre-back, the issues there. We need to solve uh, the holding experiment hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he hasn't uh, grown up to be what we wanted from him. I think we can easily say, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but what we had envisaged of him, he hasn't really lived up to that. Uh, what's the plan with Chambers, you know? Um, yeah. We're going to lose three centre-backs either way uh, by the summer. That's yeah. Luis, Socrates and Mustafi. Yeah. So um, Saliba definitely has to come into the fold, you would think. Uh, because, okay, we'll be left with, um, assuming they don't go, Chambers holding uh, Gabriel and Pablo Marie. I think that's it. Is there anybody else? And Saliba. Yeah, Saliba and, and uh, Marco Panos. So I think out of those six, two will have to mm. go. Yeah. Will we send Saliba out on loan again? Uh, we... I, I hope not. So I think the, we need, there needs to be a plan, basically. And yeah. the plan needs to make sense. Yeah. Yeah, because we, if we have an asset of 30 million pounds playing at Helen, and that's, that's not good enough. If we felt he was not good enough, why did we sign him? So, <laughs> for 30 million pounds, questions, would have been used questions. Yeah, questions, questions, questions. That's it, Omar, I believe. Yeah. Okay, done for today. Um, just have to wait and see if tomorrow game. Got a couple of games today. Uh, who is in the relegation battle? Who should we watch out for? Fulham, hmm. who well, um, we've already played, of course. Yeah, we beat Fulham. Liverpool couldn't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> are there only West two Brown, games today? Sheffield. There are two games today only. Mm. There's Wolves versus Chelsea. 
Oh, that's nowhere near us, so it shouldn't matter. And there's West Brom versus City. So we're supporting okay. City. The Wolves are above us, so... Yeah, but they're way above us. Only four points. Really? Yeah. Let me look at the table. Well... Well, I think... We can only go... All we need is a win from us. If we win, the highest we can go is 14th. We can only go above Leeds. Yeah. So that's like... What we do need definitely for sure is a win. That, that's yeah. What we need. <laughs> you know, anything else is just bad. Absolutely, absolutely. So, ah, by the way, I just want to laugh at Sheffield United. Uh, they think they're such sticklers that? and they're old fashioned. Well, for all their old fashionedness and their whatever, they have one point and their goal difference is minus 16. So, ha ha to Chris Wilder. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think we should end it there. Thank you, the fans, everybody, for listening and for tuning in always week in, week out. Thank you to for Ahmed for joining us here again again this week. Uh, we will see you next week, uh, hopefully after two wins from, against uh, Southampton and Everton. Uh, see you guys. Kwaheri. Bye-bye.